Hey, Jerome. Uh, yeah, what's up? Do you want to join the army I'm starting? Uh, no thanks. Birds are storm of buds, and we're going to tell you about how we saved the world. Welcome to Storm Buds. I'm your warrior of light, Jerome Barbatas, joined by my co-warrior, Alex Hambrock. Glad to be here, Jerome. Glad to have you. Oh, boy, we've got, um... An episode in front of us. We have a lot of moving parts to discuss. We're going to do a quest by quest recap of the quests in the patch content from uh, 2.1 to 2.3. So part of the seventh astral era. I think it's astral, right? No. That's what the wiki says. Is it astral? Or umbra- I think Umbral was the first section. Oh, Umbral because, yeah, that's okay. Because sure. everything's better now. Everything's we better Carlians now. Out. Yeah, perfect. Uh, we're also going to cover in the second half the Crystal Tower quest line from beginning to end. So slightly anachronistic, but figured this would be the best way to split the three major chunks of content that we have to do into two digestible episodes. So why don't we get started right away? I believe the first quest is Price of Progress. Price of Principles is what I have down. Maybe it's one of those two. The point is that um, we meet up with... It, it turns out that... um. After the events of the last end of season, I guess you'd call it. Hmm. You know, um, the Science of the Seventh Dawn are really popular now. It turns yeah. out that saving the world in a pretty public way uh, does that for you. And so everyone's kind of wrestling with what to do with sort of the new amount of power and responsibility that we have as kind of like heroic figures. Right. Uh, the thing is we're getting bombarded with requests from various wealthy people who want to kind of influence us with their money and uh of course where there's money there is politics and intent so uh of course Manphilia is trying her best to stay neutral in the ongoing Eorzean conflict which has um seemingly become more and more on people's mind now that Ultima Weapon has been resolved it's kind of like okay well we dealt with that as a united front but now we've got all this um, Cartno stuff to deal with. And all the other like, simmering tensions this, under yes. the surface. Right. So those are coming back into play. And there's this sort of uh, extra governmental force that I think any of the nations would really like to have on their side. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and credit to them, like pretty much everyone in the science also gets that. No, we have to be neutral. Like Stola gets some good lines yeah. in here. Alphano makes a good point that like we probably should get out of the Ulda region and not show it seems yeah. favorable. Everyone except Ida. Ida seems kind of into keeping the money. Um, <laughs> there was one part in this quest where Minfilia was like posturing out loud or like pondering out loud. And then she said, oh, never mind. I don't want to burden you with my troubles. And it's like, then why did you say anything? You know, because they're um, setting up for the yeah, they're setting up for this thing, but like quests with her mother. That's dumb writing. Like it's just like could just, I don't know. It's the equivalent of like an AOL message where you're like, um, f- so sad, can't talk to anyone right now. Dot uh, dot dot. She's the ultimate vague booker, Minfilia. Um, but I think soon after devs do realize that yes, we do care about these things, and the writers are like, please just let us experience something when it comes to her. Alphano is waiting creepily outside. He uh, makes a decision here because he's capable of it, I guess, that he, we can't be in Uldah's space without declaring fealty to the government. Um, and the problem is that, yeah, Uldah is intentionally getting in the way of the Scions by not funding an Etherite because they want the, the syndicate wants to be kind of 
in control, right? They the syndicate. To, yeah, the syndicate. They want to be kind of the um, the benefactors of the science of the seventh dawn, which mm-hmm. is, goes a long way to getting political power across the nation of Eorzea or the coalition of nations. Um, one interesting thing here is that when Alfino suggests that everyone move to Mordana, um, everyone kind of reacts like, ew, why? Why would you do that? Ew, it's terrible there. And the thing, and you mentioned to me in Discord when we were talking about this, that like, oh, we get a sweet castle now did not used to be a castle what did it used to it be it used to be a dump it was a ref it was just a horrible little camp um and this they did this thing back in the day and i wish they would continue doing it where we'd have these major cities but then there'd be this one kind of trade city that would get built up over time mm. um that sounds really cool yeah we could look into it i i'll, I'll link a video on twitter um if you're not following us on twitter it's uh at storm uh and you will see there kind of how it developed over time so like as the patches went on and more and more money was coming into revenants toll um that's a really neat idea that i would have liked to see play out yeah but now you're just kind of like going to this really cool built out stuff and everyone's like ew (laughs) i don't want to live in a castle i want to keep having our base underground this place looks cool as heck yeah the new place has windows i don't know minfilia thinks for instance, like Minfilia thinks that's really reckless. And I'm like, is it as reckless as putting your base of operations right next to a Garlean outpost? Is it re- is it as reckless as like staying there when the Garleans are just, you know, able to walk in at their leisure and kill everyone? Anyway, what we're setting up for here is just like, so Minfilia has to get talked into this by us doing like stuff with her mother. This is the most a Bioware side quest any of these characters has gotten where it's just like help them resolve their unrelated family issues in order to convince them to do the thing you want to do. Uh, Alphino at this point tries to connect with Minfilia. He's like, hey, like something's obviously troubling you. Please, like you can tell us if you'd like. And she's like, no, thanks. I don't want to show my emotions to you. I'm a woman, but I'm also the antecedent and I can't be both. Um, Which, so you th- know, a little internalized misogyny maybe. <laughs> It's <laughs> a Caitlin Riley reference. If you haven't seen the, you must have seen the uh, um, Caitlin Riley sci-fi writers. She's like, I'm a woman, but I'm also a scientist. Oh right, and yes. I can't be both. This okay. <laughs> same same deal with Minfilia. Basically, here. she's like. Uh, anyway, uh, so we gotta find her mom. Basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I had completely forgotten that she just vanished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah her mom was like a, a an idol and then she yeah. vanished and then yeah yeah she was a dancer for this troupe and she vanished and so we go look for her and uh it turns out that like um we just find her yeah we do just find her well we follow her trail for a bit um i also forgot that like minfilia's name as a child was Asilia. yeah because she's like oh Asilia's waiting for me and i was like what oh yeah that thing i don't know what this implies, I don't know why Minfilia changed her name to Minfilia. Um, Is this more remember. like 1.0 stuff that I just missed out I on? I cannot or? remember. It could be. It could be. Um, write to us if, if if there's some really important detail I'm missing here. I'm not going to dwell on it. Like People change their names and monikers in this franchise all the time. So it's just like, okay, this means something. Um, right when we meet her, though, after like we save her from whatever random monster was coming to attack her. She just immediately tells Alfino off because honestly, this is none of his business. (laughs) This is none of our business, right? She's just like, I will 
show myself to Acelia when the time is right. Okay, well, like this is my business, not yours. And we're like, actually, you have a point there. Uh, then see, the next I, quest. I had the then, op- <laughs> then in the next quest, she's like, okay, I'll reveal myself. <laughs> I I had the opposite reaction here. My notes, I have go see your kid, you dick. But <laughs> well, she no, there's a. There is a real. She explains it too that she's like. Sure, she explains it later. Later on, she's like, "Look, they were always after me. I had to keep distance from yeah, you in order to keep she you was safe." A spy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that is like, well, yes, yeah, she immediately goes sees Minfilia and like talks her into leaving Ulda and uh, going mm-hmm. to the Rising Stones. Right. Um, I have a note here that there was a really nice cutscene after we reunite uh, the parents there, which was also a nice cutscene. Um, got a cutscene where I, we're reading a book. That's pretty cool. Yes, we're I, no, capable of of reading. I called that out too. Like it is, it is one sort of like incremental step up in terms of like our character feels like a person yes. who occupies space and does things. Yes, yes, we're not not. There is a moment. I don't know if it's during. I know it's during this content. Um, we were talking to Thancred because Thancred's not mind controlled anymore. Um, actually, do I have a note about it? But like, I want to bring it up now that like when um. We're talking to Thancred later. He's like, you're not going to respond. You're just going to give me one of your stoic nods, aren't you? And of course, you give him a stoic, stoic nod. nod yeah. Immediately. Well, which is funny because later on in this quest chain, I think, or at least in these patches, my, my character also like appears to speak without speaking for like a good five seconds. And like the most, I think, implied dialogue in the entire game so far. Right. There's a small kind of throwaway, semi-throwaway moment with Tataru as well, where she pontificates... Oh yeah, uh, Flamine used to be really into mining, huh? I should learn how to do that. And I don't. I want to keep that in the, the back of my mind. I want us to keep that. Let's just remember. Okay, remember that Tataru is learning things. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, is that foreshadowing? Or are you just? I think it. I, I think it's. It's very important. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to keep an eye. Well, well, the way you're saying it sounds ominous. I'm not sure. I think it's pretty, I think it's just a really cool thing that they, okay. they kind of. Tataru's picking stuff up? Tataru's kind of picking stuff up. After all that, we get right into the request from Kane Sena and the Nation of Gridania that there is some etheric search readings in, in the Black Shroud. Now, Jerome, tell me, could uh-huh. this be a primal? It could be a primal. It could be a primal. Uh-huh. Could be one of the members of the band, the Primals. In fact, it could possibly be a Primal, according it to the question. Could possibly name. be a Primal. Um, so yes, we there's a Mughal who came to the Nation of Gridania and was like, "Hey, uh, the Royal Guard is summoning a Primal, <laughs> basically." And everyone's like, "What? The Mughals have a Primal now too? How does that work?" <laughs> and it gets weirder than I expected. You know, like we have no rec- recollection of the Mughals having a god of any kind. Like, why are they? summoning a primal and they're like well we were really scared because of all the war that's happening around us and they they we made one they made one up <laughs> turns out you could just do that if you believe in something you can make it up so they made up uh they summoned the the legend of uh king good king Mogomog the 12th um fun fact actually anti-fun fact depressing fact we'll call it this was supposed to be Leviathan's patch. Oh, really? Yes. Leviathan was supposed to come first. Um, then the tsunami hit. Ah, so okay. So they were like, no. <laughs> we're going to stay away from <laughs> stuff around destructive things. water for a sec. Yes. So we're going to give people uh, half a year or so to heal from this. We'll give them the nice, fun 
mm-hmm. Google Quest first instead, and they reordered things. So yeah, I think that's interesting. There is a um, once we learn about Good King uh, Mog, I had a um, good chuckle over the quest name. Um, you have a selected regicide. Yes, I love this quest. <laughs> talk, talk to us about it. Well, just I mean, we're, we're, so we're going into like the heart of the Gridanian forest at the behest of the Mughals mm-hmm. to um, try and like stop them from summoning this giant primal esque ancestor esque right. thing. I believe it's an escort quest too, which is kind of it, like it is that. an escort quest. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which wasn't too bad. I have my notes also. Um, flying rules. Flying just breaks this game in half. Like all this traversal stuff gets yeah. so much easier when you can just. <laughs> fly over the difficult bits if you'd like if you know the name of the king or queen you'd like to kill press one now you have selected <laughs> regicide <laughs> sorry i'm still not over it. it's very good it's very good um yes yeah, so we we, we we escort kuplo cop through the dangerous woods so we can unlock the seal that will um oh, oh and we have to fight off a whole bunch of malevolent squirrels and monkeys like yes. it's not even real monsters it's just like the wildlife of the forest is hell-bent on stopping us from completing this quest sure but anyway, so, so we get there and there's a big fight and we just, we have to beat up so many Moogles. Mm-hmm. Just like both like as a precursor to the fight and yeah. then when they actually pull off the summon. It, <laughs> it's an ad fight for sure. Kind so of, many Moogles. <laughs> could call it a council fight, basically. Um, obviously, at this point where our gear is so high that it's pretty trivial. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a sort of just council fight with a bunch of different. Moogles that are all the different player jobs or whatever, except, and they're, except Arcanist. And they're they're doing a cute dance, and like the cute dance is how they're powering up, like the summoned king mm-hmm. that they've created. And so we have to stop them from dancing and singing in their creepy Howl's Moving Castle esque way before they can, before we can actually take down this manifested king, yeah, spirit thing. Cool. We do that. It's fun. It's a fun fight. It's just goofiness, you know. Um, and I don't really like have a whole lot to say about this. Part. What are Moogles? I mean, I know they're in every Final Fantasy game, but they're like teddy bears with mm, balloons. Yeah, little for bat tails. wings. They got little. They're little puffy, bat fluffy bats with the the pom poms. What are they? Is they're just a mascot animal? You know. Okay. They're just in this game. There's some sort of s- spirit kind of thing that only certain people can see. Mail carriers. And mail carriers that everyone can, I guess, see. I was going to say, yeah, it raises the question. Does that mean that people who can't see them don't? I think they can hide at will. Ah, okay. That's what it is. I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, end of 2.1, though, is pretty interesting. We meet... Well, we're talking about what we just did with mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the whatever area, and Minfilia just screams and falls over because uh, she was met with... Uh, one of the Asians. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll say. So this comes after the conversation in which they speculate about like, oh, I guess anything can kind of become a primal if you have enough etheric energy and oh, yeah. enough faith. Yep, and then pretty much. I followed all of that, and then Menphilia screams and falls over, and mm. we get this echo flashback to this Asian confronting her. Yeah. And I, I have to admit, I found all of this extremely confusing. I have no idea what this Asian is talking about. So Elidibus is who we meet. Um, he is the emissary, so he's not. He's in a white cloak instead of a uh, black cloak, uh, and he serves a specific role. And there's like a certain time where like he is talking with another Asian, and how it seems like he is not working directly with the Asian sort of he's kind of his own thing but like he's obviously in the same kind of group he doesn't think very highly of la habrea no if well he doesn't think very highly of la habrea's approach to 
uh, the summoning of their one true God. He still, th- he, so he's like playing the, I think he's like playing the long game, mm-hmm. um, but he doesn't really have any say necessarily over what the, the Asians and the black robes are doing. He does do a cool thing here where like he, he's invisible or like imperceptible only, to people without the echo. Yeah. Like, or no, I think he just gets to choose or something like yeah, maybe it is. Cause it's, it's like, it's not the way I gathered is he's not actually invisible. He can just do the perception shifting thing mm-hmm. where like people who like look at him don't recognize that he's, he's there. Basically a Moogle. Yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, is Lilibus that where this is going? Moogle. This is the dark, <laughs> the dark secret. Is that is a <laughs> I, yes. hundred percent. Um, there's also a note here, uh, about the Isle of Val vanishing. This is for me, such a weird thing for them to just plant. Okay, good. It is weird. <laughs> like, because oh my God, this this third thing we have to keep track of now already? Ev- everyone is reacting like this is a huge deal and uh, like they all have these all personal connections. And I'm like, did, did this come up in the story no, before? I don't know anything really, about this place. <laughs> loosely, we mentioned the students of Baldessian, but we didn't. We did, they didn't make it explicit that they were there on the Isle of Val. Like they have a connection with the signs of the Seventh Dawn. It's not made explicit what that connection is. They are of the nation of Charlian, which we don't get to until Endwalker. So uh, this is so, uh, I don't know. We're just going to take this content as it comes. This, will... this, this is one of like three sort of like subplot lines that are simmering in the background of all this yeah. patch content. Yeah. But I'm just like, okay, make a note and move on. I don't yeah, know what's exactly. happening here. Um, and with that, we move into um, 2.2, which for me of these three patch quests is or patch patches is the best. Well, at the end, we also, sorry, sorry, I forgot to say, we do successfully move into the, the rising, rising stones. stones at Mordona, which now means we have access to an etherite outside of Thank it. And God. you have now graduated. Yay. You're out of the waking sands. We did it. <laughs> um, I won't say no more returning because we'll have to go back there for Bahamut. A few, okay. A few like, times. I think a few more times in these quests we also go yeah, back to, but it, it's not bad. Um, well, and again, like, oh my God, it is so much easier with flying. It is so much easier to just teleport near it and then. Yeah, that makes it help. Especially when, like, we're going to through. Well, that's 2.3. I'll talk about it later. So 2.2 starts now. We are. There is a theft of crystals. It's always and, crystals. And uh, yes, there's always crystals. So we tell we have to go to Horizon and figure out who's stealing them. And we're talking to this Lala Felgard, and he's got this clownish pink blush face paint on, and it is impossible to take him seriously. <laughs> he's like, and, then, and this part, and this part, like he's like talking about all this serious stuff, like oh, there's these thieves going around. We saw these people, whatever. Uh, Thankard walks in. He's like, "Hey, we did find a runaway carriage, but it didn't have crystals. Had a lot of narcotics." <laughs> yes, that dude. I was like, "Yeah, um, no crystals, just drugs. Not but- our problem." <laughs> no. I, we're cool with that. At, at this point, look. Until the game proves me otherwise, I don't engage much with any of these little mysteries it sets up. There's never anything interesting happening with them. There's it, never any twists. It's just, I guess, it's a little bit of a twist. This one. It, it turns out, um, it's probably pirates. It's probably pirates. So, um, we don't find who takes the crystals, uh, but we do hear. But, but while we're there, wait, wait. I, sorry, I have one note here. Oh, am I crazy? At some point here during this investigation. 
Is Ishtola wearing a really weird different outfit? It's like a beach outfit or something? I will need to find a photo of this and send it to you or something. I, I could swear for like some moment she's... Like her eyes are uncovered and she's... Okay, scratch, scratch this. I will send a photo later if I'm okay. crazy. Okay, yeah. I cannot remember. I didn't notice it. Anyway, um, so we um found the drug oh, didn't find the found the drugs didn't care about him and the mysterious woman in a boat shows up at the waking sands mm-hmm. and demands demands that we be taken to to the leader of this land to Uldat, the sultana yes um mm-hmm. U- 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 Uriang, you see this he's like fine i guess i'll help out <laughs> <laughs> and these people are the Doma. They come from a nation of the Far East, which was the Domans, yes. ruled by the Garleans. Uh, they're ruled, or they're annexed, kind of. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're under imperial. I, same as like um, Almigo, I think. Yes, similar. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a moment. Speaking of outfits, the oh yes, yeah, she was in a mining outfit. Oh, is that what that was? Yes, she was mining because she was being used as bait for a miner to find the drug. Why is it? Okay, my notes are like out of order. Either my notes are out of order or it's like we leave and the cutscene happens. I'll have to. Great. I can't wait to edit this. <laughs> yes, though. Okay. I'm glad I did. I did make a note of it. Okay. So there might be a traitor in our own midst again, I guess. Yeah. Again, they, like, like that mystery is never going to get answered like in a satisfying way. Fucking whatever. We find yeah, out who okay. the traitor. Like so literally, we, I think later on they're like, yeah, we found out who it was. Uh-huh. I'm like, great. Everyone was it anyone we knew? Us. No. We, yeah. We put Yostola in a mining outfit uh, as bait. Um it feels like the writers at this point are starting to have a little fun. Um, Alf, you know, at the, so what we find that. So in my notes, we go straight from um, like, as soon as we meet uh, the, the Domans, Do- yeah. Domans for the first time from there, it's straight to Ulda because lady Yugiri, who introduces herself to us basically um, wants Alf and to introduce her to the Sultana, which he does. He yeah. uses his clout for that. And he kind of negs her into it. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, aren't you so f- poor and unfortunate? But you don't have anyone <laughs> to help you out. But I could be, you know. <laughs> Alphano. Mm. He's such a little shit. And yeah, he can be a real little shit. Uh, we get this great um, cut scene then because he is a rich little shit, which the old uh, people really like. So they grant her an audience and, man, there's a bunch of bootstrappers because mm-hmm. they get to talking about taking the Doman refugees in, and they're like, well, we all did it. Yeah, no, the syndicate, the syndicate sucks. Syndicate the syndicate sucks ass. Sucks, sucks ass. Seriously, like, it, it's terrible. Well, okay. Except for one, right? Well, yeah, one guy. Uh, a guy named... Taleji Adeleji. I'll save you. Yes, Taleji. Okay. I'll save you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though they say it a lot. Um, he seems nice, but, I mean, he's still a part of the syndicate, so... Parts of them do seem into the idea of a lot of cheap labor, which, uh, yeah. okay, but the, the vote fails. Like, the vote fails, and, like, you know, the Ulda, Ulda is not going to take the refugees in... Um, and like, and the syndicate talks a lot about how, like, look, the, the the existing refugees between like the Alamegans and the people who just generally fled the calamity, like, you know, there's already like, you know, it's a, a strain on the tax resources to keep feeding and housing all these people outside the city, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. And it's um, we we get a real good. Actually, Alfano has a great line in here where he describes one guy as passing gill thrice daily, mm. <laughs> which is like he's so rich that he pisses gold. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah, that's uh, great. Mm-hmm. And then the sultan is like, Ow! oh God. <laughs> Oh, it's happening again. Margaret! Margaret, cancel my two o'clock. Oh! 
Oh, man. God damn it. This disease sucks. <sighs> oh, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> but the, the Sultana Trooper credit here is like, we have plenty of money, bitch. Shut up. We do, but it's all in the toilet. <laughs> I can't, he can't go if it's just on the ground. He's not trained. Would you say it's not liquid? It's definitely not liquid. <laughs> this cold is solid. <laughs> and, and Lolo Rito is really small, too. Mm-hmm. So he's... <laughs> Out of this meeting, like of the syndicate members, Teleji comes off the most like a good guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's the one who says, "Look, we should just take the refugees in. They're going to be economically productive. Like this is there's no good reason not to do this." But the vote goes down. Vote goes down. Ah, and that's is. when Alphano has a great idea. Mm-hmm. What if we put them up at Revenant's Toll? Like, you know, it's like it's not in Ulda or Limslamosa or Gridania. Mm-hmm. It's neutralish territory. Like we don't need to like go ask any local rulers for permission. Really, we definitely don't want to go to Mimsa Mimosa. Did I say it wrong again? That would be too delicious. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I think this is a great idea. Like, unironically, this idea is good on lots of levels. Like, yeah, associating the refugees with the Scions of the Seventh Dawn, who are super popular right now, does a lot to, like, give credibility to the idea that, hey, maybe, like, taking care of the refugees and being nice to them is a good and heroic thing to do. Like, really smart little bit of political maneuvering here. I think so, um, but we do kind of have to get permission at this point. Actually, no. Well, we get, no, no. We get yeah. nominal permission. Like we get, We'll yeah. end up getting some nominal permission from the guy at Revenant's Toll, but he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's fine. Just do it. We do, yeah. So they're there, and they are grateful to us, and Yugiri is kind of included in... A conversation or she overhears well, it because she's a shinobi right actually we jumped ahead a little bit oh did i we, we, we did skip over transporting them there because the logistical problem oh, is yeah. you got to transport the refugees from like you know the coast I, by the waking sands yeah into the i Revenant think Coast. i i think i maybe intentionally didn't write notes here because these quests were not entertaining to me but why don't you take us well them? just i mean there's not much going on with them I mean, you just you clear the route of some monsters and you get stuff set up yeah the one interaction here worth calling out is that you have to like you meet with some of the refugee kids and they're a cloyingly sweet as like video game kids are and they ask some very dumb but nice questions i and did i did mess with them constantly i was <laughs> like yeah the garlands it sucks don't come here <laughs> and but like, like you're they were like you're lying i was like i'm not the garlands are right there <laughs> okay well i was more of a traditional nice guy and like the kids seemed very inspired and happy in their new home and i was like yay there was no there was no not inspiring them they were just happy to be there we get back we, so we get them all back to Revenant's Toll and we meet with Menphilia and she asks like are you questioning why we're bothering with refugees when there are primals to be worried about and I was like I'm not actually these priorities are in order I care way more about these refugees than any of the primal shit it's true I do too to be honest like it the at this point in the story I don't feel the weight of the um the existence of the primals i know why they're uh, such a problem but like it's not they're not doing the best job of showing us any more kind of devastation that they're capable of right yes we kind of come in after bahamut does his thing so we can see sort of evidence of like these crystals everywhere in the world a little bit in ruin but like that feels like so long ago at this point I've been taking it on faith a lot how bad the primals would be. Yeah. No, but like genuinely though, 
this is the most heroic I have felt in this game so far. Okay. Like, just, like, showing that, like, giving us ways to, like, to do things that matter and make people's lives better that don't just involve showing up in front of a big thing and hitting it with a sword a bunch. I was like, okay, like, I really am satisfied by this whole sort of little sequence of quests to get these refugees somewhere to, like, you know, safely settle down and start, like, putting their lives back together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that would be great. What's nice, though, is that they do tie it into the primals, and once we do, like, Yugiri's like, is there anything I can help with? I'm a badass ninja. And mm-hmm. so, and Rafaela's like, you know what? Sure. <laughs> um, she, uh, we, so we start to get readings of energy from, um, what the hell is that continent called? Vilbrandt. I forget the name of the island. Yeah, Vilbrandt. Right. I, um, but so just to clarify what's happening here is that every, all the signs of the seventh dawn are kind of resuming their outposts, right? And they're, what they're originally doing is like using their little fancy goggles to search for fluctuations of ether to detect the presence of primals. And Yushola is like, uh-oh, um, Sahagan are acting up. So we go, we, we go to the Admiral for help um, to kind of get people on board. Minfilia uh, says here, um, I know you think this definitely ends with you fighting a primal just like every other time, but we still do need to try and not make that happen. And I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to end up fighting the primal, but sure. I end up fighting the primal, but thank you. <laughs> so basically, so what ends up happening here is we meet up with Merlwib. Merlvib. Merlvib. Yeah. We meet up with Merlvib and like we do a joint operation between the Scions and some of the um the people from Limsa Lomosa. Limsa Lominsa. Limsa Lominsa. That's why. Limsa Lominsa. Look, there's so many fucking vowels in these Merve names. <laughs> That's her name. Admiral Merve Bluffisven. Anyway, we, we do an operation into like some of the Sagan territory and we like retrieve mm-hmm. the bodies of some scouts who died. And then we we end up like infiltrating further in and like we're, we got, we got Yastola and then we get to the end yeah. and this cool fucking cutscene happens. Right. Yes, we... Go, go deep into Sahagan territory, which is notably, I think, um, in a kind of little hamlet that used to exist on the island. Now, this is what I was tying into before, where the game hadn't yet shown the devastation of a mm-hmm. primal. Um, once we kind of saw that this was like, there were the, actually these kind of structures, right? Um, if you, it's More so if you go into off path, but like, oh, these buildings, the, these buildings that are now covered in coral and ether or whatever are mm-hmm. like ruins of the other limbs and structures. So going into this, I felt like, okay, I'm a little bit more heroic here. We're trying to re- take some territory yes. back for mm-hmm. us. And uh, yeah, we get this great cut scene in which um, the elders, this elder is preaching to his people and in front of a giant crystal, obviously a giant crystal. And um, they, they says, he, he does this. He goes, soon, soon you shall begin and fighting breaks out and, and everyone is doing sick backflips mm-hmm. and like Merlvib is like shooting with her guns while doing like slides on the ground and just yeah. <laughs> there's this really great m- kind of moment we're chasing after them and he calls the guards and they jump up in the air and then there's a knife that flows in from off screen and that was Thancred and Yugiri coming in Yugiri does a bunch of lightning ninja shit um, then um, Minfili is actually along for the ride on this one, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, what's interesting is what happens people, with the priest here, right? Yeah, 
Mm. Yeah, we'll continue on with this. So there are two more jump up and then Merovib just shoots the shit out of him because she has a gun. And she's like, why aren't you all using guns? These are really good, right? Like, she's just like, all right. Okay, bam. Um, and then I think it's, but at this point it's too late. We can't really stop them from summoning. Like he, and he, cause he also thinks that doing this will make him immortal. This yes. is the thing that he believes is doing this will make him immortal. Uh, so he, sacrifices his flesh basically or his corporeal form to kind of become this sort of s- floating soul orb bit and then in a thing and then he inhabits mm-hmm. another sahagan and then merovib is just like fuck that and shoots him dead <laughs> immediately and then just like immediately the, and then doesn't like leviathan eat him or something or? It, it, no then he goes into another one mm-hmm. and then she shoots that one and she goes into another one and she's like just die and then, then as in orb form, he's like, yes, I am immortal. <laughs> Behind him, Leviathan's like, <laughs> yummy water orb. <laughs> and that's the end of that guy. It turns out it did not make you immortal. Sorry, buddy. It made him, it made his stro- soul, made his soul a lot more dense. It made his soul more dense than the souls of those around him. And so he was able to displace those souls out of those bodies. Eureka. <laughs> Eureka. Um, and thus they were able to figure out the volume of a crown. Leviathan kind of postures at us. And Nugiri's like, holy shit. <laughs> this is what you're dealing with. <laughs> what is wrong with this continent? Oh, my God. We should have gone the other way. Jesus. <laughs> We should have gone farther east. Oh no! It it, it it makes me. It's. I'm so curious. Like, we we. All, I only have context for Eorzea at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, is the rest of the world just like not this fucked up with like giant monsters and shit everywhere? We'll see. Um, I think the giant monsters just follow us wherever we go for 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 narrative's sake. I'm sure. Okay, I'm sure that's how it works. Anyway, we go back to Linsa Luminsa in order to like regroup and plan and figure out like, okay, well, Leviathan's back. What no- now? Notably, Leviathan did not try and temper us. Mm-hmm. He was yes. just like, well, I'm not going to fight you here because as we explain now in this cutscene, Leviathan tried fighting us on land once and he died to the company of heroes. So, or he got pushed back or whatever. So he's out in sea. Oh, it's- he's going to make a tidal wave. So we hatch a new brilliant plan. I love this plan. So we can get through if we use corrupted crystals, same as we did with like Garuda, right? Yes. So what if we, but we need a lot of corrupted crystals, like more than we could put on one boat. And then we're going to go on a bunch of quests to get the corrupted crystals, right? Not at all. They just get them for us. It's great. Admiral's, thankfully, Admiral Melvin is like, we have money. Just go get them. (laughs) Like you, we're going to ferry these crystals into these uh i guess i don't know what we, earth crystals i don't know it doesn't even matter and then we put them on two boats and then put those two boats behind a third boat mm-hmm. and we're going to drive the whole thing into him yes we're going to kind of have a barge of crystals and that has an etheric converter on it then we're going to use to not um not we're gonna not they make this distinction they're not gonna like pierce a barrier or anything they're just going to help kind of maybe make a barrier around us. Before we can go do this fight, though, they are like, we do have rumors of this guy who says that he's beaten Leviathan before. You should go check him out. And we go oh check him God. out. It's I fucking... Have a note here. Yeah, I have a note here. I'm like, this better not be Tractum. <laughs> it's and fucking Tractum again. 
He said, he said the company of heroes member. Oh, this will be helpful. Better not be tracked to him. Next note. God damn it. And then next note. Leviabetus. <laughs> I want to have a direct and honest conversation with Koji Fox, the person singularly in charge of the localization in this game. No, no Koji. No. Bad, bad Fox. Bad Fox, not Leviabetes. You had a very powerful reaction to this, I can see. Diabetes is a serious disease. (laughs) This is not okay. No. Why aren't more people talking about the fact that this guy says Leviabetes? Probably because this happened to like patch 2.2 content and we're seven expansions later. You underestimate this community. (laughs) People meme about the Waking Sands all the time. So we get out oh, to God. fight Leviathan. And okay, this fight is pretty cool. We're on this giant barge platform in the middle of the water. We've got to fight the head and the tail at the same time. Yeah. There is basically a, like a, a Dragonator shield that we have to pull at the right time. That's and- a Monster Hunter reference if you're unfamiliar. Basically, there's a button we have to press at the right time to make the shield uh, save us from Leviathan's ultimate attack. We failed because I was like, mm, let's see if all the sprouts can do this. They, they could did not. not. They did not. I just wanted one of them to learn. It was fun. Uh, It's a fun fight. Cool. Great music. Um, And then afterwards, we get a treat of a dialogue between our girl, Yustola, and our other girl, Merve Blufisven. Merve Blufisven. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah, okay. Yustola is continuing to hit this theme of like, look, this keeps happening because of like, you know, the unresolved like tensions over things like land use and resources with the um with the Sahagan and like all the tribes in general. Like you guys keep creating this problem. And Merlin's like, well, we have a right to defend ourselves and live ourselves, don't we? And Yushul's like, yes, but you keep killing all of them in turn. And Merlin is still like, okay, but I'm not going to change anything. I'll just keep defending us when the Sahagan become a problem. And okay, should I, should I, I have a little speech about this should i do this now or later a little bit when it's a bit more relevant do it do it now do okay it. okay this is going to come up again when we get to alphano's big plan for how mm-hmm. to like resolve everything as well now that the garleans have been dealt with yeah eorzea really and by eorzea i mean the sort of the loose coalition of like limsa Luminsa and gridania and ulda really has like one type of problem yeah. which is that the land that they live on is also occupied by other people who need things some of those people are sylphs some of them are like uh, refugees from, uh, um, what's the one? Um, Alamigo? Al- Alamigo. Mm-hmm. Some of them are the new refugees. Some of them are kobolds. Doesn't matter. There are lots of people besides the people who are in Eorzea proper who live on the land and need things. And until they address the fact that the refugees aren't going to stop needing food and the kobolds aren't going to stop needing a place to live, all these problems are just going to keep happening. Yeah. <laughs> Cycle is going to keep repeating. And I'm wondering, like, I think the game is building up to hopefully addressing something about that because otherwise it's just, God, this entire leadership class just needs to get ejected out on their asses because they are not doing anything to make any of these problems go away. Yeah. I mean, they're addressing the primal threat of all their having us do it, but whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I think that's probably where, where where it's pointing at this time it's just being really vague um the, the the game is addressing it too overtly for it hopefully like to not like 
I guess they could drop this plot thread, but at least they're making it very aware that like that. I, I'm confident now that the game sees the same problems I do. Yeah. Um. At the this point, I, yeah. My note there is Ishtola being right again, um, as she she usually is. Menphilia at this point makes a deduction from her uh, presence there. Um, she's deduced that there might possibly maybe be a way to destroy an Asian once and for all, perhaps. Um, and the way she does it, I kind of, I'm like, are they leading? Are they kind of leading here towards maybe like, do we summon our own Leviathan to crush an Asian soul? Because like what was, what that was, was like, we, they had a rush of the echo at the time when it was happening. And the echo is kind of this thing that leaves. Yeah. It seems to be really strongly related to these Asians, right? Like it seems to be strongly related to what they are. And so the fact that this Sahagan had a stronger soul like the Asians, and then the echo had a wave right right afterwards. Um, maybe she's like, okay, so they're, I don't, I think they're immortal right now. But there may because we saw that Sahagan die, we'll probably figure out a way to actually kill them for good. Um, probably, and, and I think this sets up a cool cutscene that happens later, but not yet. Oh, you think that cutscene's cool? Got it. So- <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we'll get there. <laughs> so, um, at the that's the end of patch two point two. Uh, with one note. With one note. Yes. The, or, or, there's a there's a second wave of refugees coming into Revenant's Toll. Um, Minfilia denies them basically, um, mm-hmm. saying that there is not any work instead of there being a lot of work, and also that she completely is like we'll just have to trust in the brass blades and the the authorities to handle the situation. And I'm oh, like, why oh. are you such a Democrat right oh, now? Oh yeah, no. Patch <laughs> pat, patch 2.3 if I if I liked how patch 2.2 handled those refugees, yeah. I do not like how patch 2.3 handles its refugees. Yeah, she's just like what is that that cops will handle it. What? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> um Kataru oh, um, comes in. Oh, one, one thing. Quick yeah. update on the Isle of Val uh, appears to be missing. That's her update on that. Oh yeah, uh, Isle of Val still completely missing. Great. Okay, patch two point three. Tataro comes in. She's like, Alphano's wounded, and then we go over to the 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 adventure the the adventurers guild in Ulda, and Alphano's like, Alphano's fine. He's she's just a liar. She's just a hysterical woman, I guess. Jesus, Alphano, why wouldn't we? <laughs> Minfilia's line here is, if the authorities determine that the refugees attacked without provocation, then those responsible will have to answer for their actions. Don't trust the authorities. Like, cool. This is very... okay. Democrat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was injured in the, the riot. Right. Yeah, no. Okay, no. Alphano drives me crazy because he gives this entire speech here where he's like, yes, Ulda has incredibly high wealth inequality and the people bear it because of the culture of individualism. But the refugees don't fit into this hierarchy because they have no wealth and they have no power, so they might as well not exist. And I'm like, you are correctly and accurately describing the fundamentally fucked up social structure of this entire place. And then he's just like, does not take the mental leap to like, and maybe that's like a fundamentally problem with how all the social stuff is organized. Well, he's rich, but he's not that rich. He can't just bite all the rules. Uh, there's a bunch of, I have a note here, a bunch of boring Gridania shit. Sorry, not sorry. Didn't take notes here. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Oh, let me look this up here. What's? Listen, Gridania, your city is beautiful. And of the three major city states in the start of the game, it is the most, like, most easy to navigate in terms of, like, knowing where things are. Um, but God. Are your plots not interesting at this time? Okay. Hopefully they'll get more interesting later. 
I think um, we may not cover them on the podcast for quite some time. So you stole a... But, but there's more stuff happening with the refugees here. Alphanod thinks the riot was no accident. We do some investigation. We start to learn that like, oh, like the refugees outside Ulda were being like tempted by this merchant mm-hmm. who would like prance through with weapons and like encourage them to riot. And who was he in the employ of? Did uh, we find out? Uh, it turns out we find out that he is in the employ of Teleji, which <gasps> is a weird twist that I was not sure how to feel about. And I'm still not entirely convinced he's not possessed by an Asian. He So uh, there was a note before when Teleji was sticking up the domains that Alfino made because he's very astute. He's like, Teleji sees profit in this. Teleji is trying to start a war so he can profit off of it. I'm sorry, not a war. A revolution. revolution. <laughs> He, um, they, I think they explain in the cutscene following this. Some part of it was cool, but like Teleji, once we learned that they're uh, founded by Teleji, we're talking in the Rising Stones here. And he's like, why would he do this? Well, Teleji wants what's underneath Cartano Flats. So Teleji wants access to the land beneath these ruins. Uh-huh. What is his plan to get this land again? He wants to make money, either make money off of the technology or use it to take over the world, I no, guess. No, not the plan once he has it. What's his plan to get it? Oh, he, his plan to get it is to, I guess, just... To make the refugees so unpopular that mm. everyone's only choice is to displace the refugees onto this land where then where because he, he has control of them, he will have control of it. Yeah. So like this if, is a bad if plan. He gets the, well, he, he wants to get the entire Arizona Alliance to finally agree to do something with the land. Right, done the same thing. So if he makes this refugee crisis everyone's problem, they're all going to want to solve it that way. I think that's a stretch. They're going to be like, no, I think some people are going to be like, no, why don't we just deal with the Empire and get their home back or something? I don't know. Um, So the next, I think the next note I have is about the science lesson. Yes. Okay. So we get the science lesson here. Look, okay. I'm not saying the content of it is cool. It's so important, but I hated it. I I just I think that it's a step up in terms of like they're doing some visually creative stuff with the cutscenes in terms of yes. like that like the characters interacting with sort of the metaphysical visualizations yeah. and like it, it looks sort of like slick and cinematic in a way that is increasingly like more sophisticated than stuff the and game has been they doing make, up until this point. At this point, they make a lot of commitments when it comes to building the world out that they haven't made with regards mm-hmm. to the ethereal sea, the space between the way life and death works. Um, so that's really really important and crucial it is just so wordy it is um, extremely wordy. between minfilia and her delivery whatever uh i have a hard time dealing with the voice acting right now um and urianger's delivery at this time also I, not great i am just grateful at this point that i already understood this um Sancred mentions that they, they mentioned that okay well there's um well, we know that La- the the Asians have a soul and they're capable of kind of displacing the soul of somebody else because their soul. Yes. So, so here's actually it, my understanding of the metaphysics. Of, like much well before I do that, I want to make a note about um, Thancred saying like, "Oh, I'd hope everyone had forgotten about that time I was possessed." I was like, "We're not going to forget about the time you exploded the Praetorium, Thancred. <laughs> no one's going to forget that. You, you un- your body unleashed the most devastating magic on the continent." And he's probably like. Well, I didn't have to rub it in. Jesus. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Look, it, it, it's, it's just an embarrassing secret. No, okay. Here's my understanding. <laughs> Normally when people die, their souls return to the great sort of like metaphysical soul sea yeah, where, from which all sea, new souls yes. are. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
but the Asians have found a way to like harden or strengthen their souls via like hiding out in yeah. some sort of dark dimension adjacent to the ethereal mm-hmm. sea. That means that when they die or like not even just die, like they're just their whole embodiment now is this soul and they just like fly it around and fly it into bodies and stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, their, their essence is very different from ours uh, for some reason. For and some Philia reason. expresses... Um, <laughs> God, God, I hate this character. And I'm like, every time I read a note, <laughs> it makes me laugh. Milphilia expresses a personality trait when Elfino remembers a, the refugee girl's name from before uh, who helped us find the merchant. It was in the employee of Lolorito. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the personality trait she chose to express was snide. <laughs> she's a little ruder in these more recent quests. She's a little, she's a little more grating. Um, we at this point though, because after we, we at this point, get I think some sidetracked again with another primal. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, with and then, and Once we hear about Ramu, I'm just like. Oh, this this is why people think this patch content is such a slog. It's because like there's four different threads going on. We have the refugees, the Doman refugees, and Alagon refugees. You still have the Garleans kind of in the back, right? You, sort of. The, Even like Eden and, Papa Limo are kind of like, yeah, I think we saw this coming. We were aware of the Ramu thing. We didn't think it was a big deal. And I'm like, great. Can I think it's not a big deal either? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, no. We have uh, the, the Erosian politics of Cartno. Uh, as well, popping up, we have the Isle of Val, which keeps popping up. The Asians mm-hmm. still like this. This whole solving the Asian problem, like there's just a lot of threads. And I wish to God they just kept some threads and some patches and some in the other. We um, though going back on track, we do have to go to Ramu, uh, who is and negotiate. Negotiate. We do. Yeah, we go to the realm of the Sylves. We talk with Connie Senna some more beforehand and she's like well turns out all those etheric readings didn't go away when you dealt with the primal or dealt with muggle mog so go check on ramu i guess and he's uh there and he's he way different the most, than i expected yes he is the most amenable to diplomacy as he's they a, point out he's also like a giant gray-haired wizard man yeah, with he's a got staff a, yeah he's got he's a big old wizard like all of their primals are like you know like rock mm. golems and sea serpents and he's just like yes it is he, me here the old man of the forest yeah well he's got like he's got cool. some elven sort of sylphic features very fey features but yeah he's he's rad as hell the lord of lord of levin mm-hmm. and uh, he, he, he makes decides, a case that like he oh. makes a case that like you know like Look, all humans suck. Like, just in general, like, I don't trust you. I don't trust the offer that you're making. Mankind or pan-humanity, whatever you want to call the different fantasy races, are just terrible and keep screwing everything up. Yeah. And he says something interesting here, which I don't know if it'll come up again later Mm -hmm. or not. He says, the duality of light and dark didn't exist in the beginning. Was it created when man was born, I think? And so the question is like, so is the whole, like, Hydaelyn versus, like, whatever the Asian dark god thing is, is that not actually primordial is that split sort of a result of the emergence of of like the races of man uh yeah i think that's a good point um i don't know if it is then like are, does that mean that the sylphs are older than man um it's kind of the implication i, got. I guess or, or um, maybe just like the energy of the primals i don't i don't know it's it's a confusing line but it is also it makes sense for him to wonder such a thing his decision, though, is, like th- he was born out of self-defense, just like many of the other primals, but even more so, he is just more defensively oriented and 
we are trying to kind of rebalance the ether because like we know that primals imbalance the ether and cause calamities and stuff like that so we want to stop him from doing that he decides that because he sees crystals in us and he's like oh you have a crystal of lightning on you you have a crystal that i've given out to my progeny okay so you're you actually have the potential here to stave off the darkness of mankind and Um, also like they must have really trusted you to give you that yeah so he's like well you're gonna have to prove it fight me 1v1 me, nerd. <laughs> um, so we 8v1 him. <laughs> in in, in a, a very straightforward but cinematic fight. Yes. Like, not a lot of gimmicks to this one, but very cool atmosphere mm. and very cool sort of, like, magical yeah. everything going on. There's some gimmicks to it, but you can kind of brute force your way through it. What yeah. you do is you he uh, actually sends random people into hysteria and you have to shock them out of it with lightning otherwise they get drawn in and instant killed i didn't notice any of that yeah because it doesn't really happen anymore you just do that there's also um this uh mechanic where there's lightning orbs on the ground and you're supposed to like i guess the off tank really is supposed to like go pick three of them up and then help absorb uh, and then like he does a you do a tank swap for the ability shock strike and you're supposed to be able to have electro resistance because of those orbs so that the shock strike doesn't kill you but the main tank can't do it because then you get a debuff it's like a tank swap thing huh maybe that's extreme only but like it's still the orbs are still there so i'm assuming it's there i mean i obviously just one did it by myself but this is also like this is the first time i queued as like a dps as opposed to a tank Um, oh okay i I was just like oh white magic black magic white magic black magic you're doing red right now yeah that's right you got a cool little belowed your little your little fancy hat and your I, I do not understand this class. I'm still getting like mm-hmm. I, I get the basics of it, but I, boy, it seems like when I'm running around in the world doing like regular quest stuff, I die really easy. <laughs> hmm. Okay. We after we resolve Ramu, he's like, okay, he's the similar orb kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? It's like, so, oh, okay. So we, we misspoke. This is actually where we get the whole fancy cutscene about this, the uh, everything. Oh, son of a b! It's fine. Just edit this bit out and like ignore. I'm it. not doing. <laughs> I have. I- I'm sorry I have a day to do this. <laughs> I'll figure something out. Um, anyway, on. this brings us to Alphano's new brilliant, wonderful, definitely a good idea plan. Alphano thinks we need a new organization that moves beyond realms and borders. And my first thought is, you're right, we do. Um, I think if we do, like, the refugees and the beast peoples need to also have a place in it, but we're not going to do that. We're just going to go fucking recruit from the same three goddamn countries we always do. Why don't we make a new nation? (laughs) Why don't we make a sovereign nation full of sovereign citizens? And just like... (laughs) Sovereignly minded citizens. This quest sucks. Recruiting the realm. This sucks ass because you have to go into. This quest is so long. It's so long. You go into each of the three city states and you have to talk to five different people individually, most of whom are like guild leaders and political figures you've spoken to. Yeah, right. Not like random people on the street who might just like not like people you know who are like really important and entrenched and enfranchised in the development of their city state. You're like talking to the Armorsmith Guild leader. She's like. No, that sounds really stupid. And you talk to the Yellow Jackets leader, well, the chief of police, and he's like, no, that sounds really stupid. To be clear, what's happening here is Alphano is convinced, and he turns out to be right for some reason, mm-hmm. that he can just one-on-one talk to the leader of all three regions and get them all to agree to let him to recruit for this paramilitary transnational organization. Right. And while he's getting all the paperwork signed, literally while he's getting, in his words, the paperwork signed, yeah. we have to run around town and invite people to join this new organization. We do run into some familiar faces. We run into um, Real from the kind of company of heroes titan quest line the guy we whistled to at upper uh upper lonosha oh yeah that guy yeah we run into laurentius the trader 
for he was selling the he was the wood whaler who was selling the goods to the Garland soldiers. He's like, sweet, let me. This is a good idea. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely, definitely a good person now. Um, we run into uh, what's her name, Ali. We run into uh, a woman who we saw. Who, if you started in Gridania, you saw right away with her father, um, and she joins up as well from Gridania. I don't remember who we run into in. Oh, we run into the little Alamigo kid, the kid who was mm-hmm. there, and all his friends died. Oh yeah, yeah, and he joins us. He joins us. Um, yeah, and 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 then we a couple things happen here. First, Alphano justifies this by saying, "You saw what happened with the refugee result. There are limits to even what we can achieve." And I was like. Alphano, what do you think the better result for the refugee revolt would have been? Like, how would that have been better if we had more military force? What would we have been doing with it? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna answer that for him. <laughs> I just think that think about what Alphano thought the problem was there. But also, more generally, he also then says, like, look, I know you're nervous that the syndicate is financing this, but I super pinky swear promise we're gonna be very careful and avoid corruption. It's that's, that's not how this works. Like, no, if the syndicate is financing us, there will be pressures on us to not engage in certain types of activity that are yes. against the syndicate's interest. We're Absolutely. Um, the person at the... I want to talk about a really, really good cutscene with Nanamo at this point yes. and, and Roban where Nanamo is like, I guess I had to sign off on this thing, but like he's getting all his money from the syndicate. We're recruiting a bunch of people like I, I i can't help but worry about this and Raban's like well we there's like we trust the scions and we trust the warrior of light basically right mm-hmm. he's like yeah i guess that's there but like what about and what about like because we know we know that teleji incited this riot and killed people like is there anything we do about it he's like no the flames can only do like circumstantial we can't make any arrests on them and she's like what good is this stupid crown <laughs> yeah she's she's very she's overcome by emotion she runs to him yeah. for for uh, comfort and what sorry how do you pronounce her name nanamo nanamo i don't know i don't remember her last name off the top it's of my fine head. nanamo Ul, it's like nanamo Ul, oh nanamo ulnamo i believe as someone who started my game in Ulda and so encountered her pretty early on, oh, yeah. this character has really grown on me. She's she is great. Much, yeah, she's much better now. <laughs> this patch content, two of the three world leaders have really earned their keep in terms of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Gridania. Mm-hmm. Robot, Miss Robot Kane Sena. She's got some, she's got some catch it up to do. She, she did admittedly say, sorry, I wasn't very useful during these two primal, primal encounters in my, in your, in your time here. Well, bye. <laughs> she just kind of sends us off with continue with the promise that maybe she'll be useful later, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, we recruit the people that we end up recruiting. And then for some reason, right before the end of this patch content, it introduces one more new subplot. We're off to Karthus, baby. <laughs> Why? Why couldn't this have waited until the next patch? <laughs> Why are we off to Karthus? Oh, we got to get some supplies. So we do that. We what? go. We go meet our friend Or Chiffant. What are we even investigating here? I, something with heretics. I Heresy don't. Rem- shit. <laughs> I don't remember what's happening in these quests. <laughs> Two point three is such a mess. This is such a mess. The only thing I have of note here is after we investigate whatever's happening, we get back to. We see. We see. We see a silhouette of Lady Iceheart. Lady I guess. Iceheart. Yes. We get back. To, we investigate some stuff with heretics who are being controlled by someone named Lady Iceheart, and we get mm-hmm. back to. Hashafan? Orshafan. Orshafan. Yeah. 
for some reason, when we get back to him, he's shot and voiced really sinisterly. Mm-hmm. And also, there is this great shot. I don't know why. It just it pans over to like his men stripped naked to the waist and doing body weight training in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we get this shot. Our shot's great. That's why. <laughs> we're, just, we're chatting about all the situation. And the camera's like, yes, but, <gasps> but look at these <gasps> men over here doing exercises. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So we get the supply we we need like supplies from somewhere that can't be one of the eorzean people i guess right so it's just like and so urshifant makes a case for for the ishgar ishgar to be like hey these people this company helped us with heretics can we reward them with military supplies and the holy see was like yes sure why not um so we get the uniforms and then we go to the next quest back in Revenant's Toll, where you have to talk to eight people and give them each their uniforms. Yes, you, you give all your new recruits oh their uniforms. You have a ceremony. Alphano gives a nice little speech. And then... Is it nice? It's a little... It's I don't okay. know. I'm creeped out by it. There is this great... In, oh, my God. I love this interaction where Minfilia is like, hey, congrats, new commander. And Alphano is like, oh, that's ceremonial. I won't actually be going into battle. <laughs> I won't actually be commanding the troops, you realize, right? Like, But it's still like, man, he's 17. <laughs> He can do a lot. Okay, he's a very mature. He's an anime very 17. Very mature 17-year-old, but like, whoa, boy. He's an anime 17-year-old. He's a veteran of like three That's wars true. and a piano prodigy. That's true. Uh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. So, yeah, Minfilia is like super stoked about this military, though. She's like, this is going to be really interesting. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see how this turns out. Interesting experiment. What did it do? do? Here, here is the thing about this game. Yeah. They have foreshadowed and set up and implied numerous ways in which this could go wrong <laughs> and then it just doesn't go wrong yeah it, it, it just could just without, not go wrong because <laughs> that without a hitch that could uh, entirely happen so many times this game has been like what if this really bad thing happens and then it's mm-hmm. like oh and it turns out it didn't it was fine after all yeah uh the final cutscene has three things happening one is that there's another mention of the isle of val it's still fucking gone and exploded but mm-hmm. we learned that our co- uh, that Minfilia's friend Kryle is alive um so Kryle who Kryle <laughs> Kryle that's her name of course Kryle yes we all know Kryle yep um Heidelin has also been uh weakened we're deducing that because Minfilia talks to us and she's just like have you heard the word of the mother lately and we're like Mm-mm. so Lahabrea did a real freaking number on her with the casting of Ultima and she had to shield us from that, right? There's a scene with the Asians in here also, I think at some point where they yes, say kind of the, the same third. thing where they're like, yes, uh-huh, the hero of light or whatever is like the, draining Heidelin's power. The council, uh, the kind of, the, the, they meet, they have the circular kind of arena. Um, we see Elidibus talking to a bunch of different names like Ultima and Pashtarot and um, all of the kind of seats of the Zodiac which are like, they're like one-to-one with Zodiac. There's like a whole connection with Zodiac and all sorts of stuff. And Laha Brea also kind of remanifests in this space. Then we are treated with a shot of Orshifant, like looking kind of solemnly over a cliff, um, kind of pining about this sort of state of things and noting that the winds are... A little more harsh today, interestingly. Would you say that a storm is coming in? It's probably pirates. <laughs> so we are then cut to the Holy See of Ishgard. We see the Pope himself. Oh, is that what this is? 
That's okay. the Holy See of Ishgard. I had no Pope. context for this. And well, it, zo- it zooms in on the city of Ishgard, mm-hmm. right? In Kurthis. It's the snowy. Big right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, so we see the Pope and we see over his one shoulder, we see La Habrea. Yes. We see over the other shoulder, we see Elidibus. So maybe they are And we together. see, uh, they right. zooms out and there's this big army. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's such a good. And then the army. That's good. They all raise their pikes. Yes, and then he raises his little, he does a little Gandalf thing with his glowy staff, and they're like, "Woo, Pope!" <laughs> Go and that's Pope. the end, that's the end of the patch. That's the end of the patch. Um, I hear we got a, a really great sponsor for this episode. We do, yes. So, um, I mean, well, I got to ask you, how do you feel about your data privacy? Not great. Are, are you aware of the fact that like your information on the internet is so out there that if you wanted to, your high school band teacher could see your dental records? That is just, that's how completely unsecure all of your personal data is at all times. Oh my God. And these other VPN services, they offer to route your data through through France, through uh-huh. Malaysia. Really, are those more secure than the US? Really? I don't think so. Yeah. No. If you want to maximize your data security, you want to go with VPISSN. Uh-huh. VPISSN is the only VPN service that mm-hmm. passes your data through the most secure piece of neutral territory on the planet. Or should I say, the off the planet. Yeah. All of your information gets passed through the International Space Station. It's also got piss in there. Look, it's 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 an Indonesian company. They maybe didn't recognize the, the pun. Is that a pun? I think it's just piss. <laughs> anyway, VPISN, VPISSN promises to send all of your data through the uh, through their own custom server they have hosted on the International Space Station in the um, running out of the, out of the iPhone of one of the American astronauts who they oh have uh, paid a significant sum of money to never look at the data under any circumstances. He really promises. Hmm. And so you can rest assured that, you know, no matter what you're looking at, whether it is uh, questionable supplement purchases or, shall we say, darker procl- darker proclivities, you're, you will be secure. Those are oddly, oddly relevant to maybe... Are you... I'm just reading the pitch. Hmm. Look, I'm reading the copy on this one, okay? I don't have the improv in me today. Hmm. You're on the page. That's a good page. That has my that has a couple of my passwords on it. Oh, um, yeah, no, that was like demonst- that was them demonstrating uh the, the the lack of security that we have in our day to day life. Oh, so like I see my password, but you see a bunch of asterisks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you that's how it works. So you don't know my password's Hunter too. No. Um, no, absolutely not. So, right, because when I said that, all you heard was a bunch of asterisks. Yeah, it was like a big, loud beeping noise, like okay. a sensor bar. Okay. Cool. Hunter 2. What? Nothing. Um, great, we're back. Uh, we have to talk quickly. We're going to talk succinctly about the Crystal Tower quest line. So, so ultimately, here is my takeaway in the Crystal Tower. Yeah. You know what this feels like? What? This feels like the theatrical release of a movie based on a popular anime that is still running, but is not based off of the original manga. Oh, and yeah. so it's like a self-contained story that will not affect anything and none of the characters will come back. Right. Absolutely not. Um, definitely not. Definitely not Nero. Okay. Well, okay. Nero is there, but like, but even he is like, you know, he's a character from like the one arc, two arcs ago that you liked who shows up for the movie and then he's gone again. Mm-hmm. So it is a, it is, it is kind of a side story, but we have to do it. Mm-hmm. So the uh, Crystal Tower is kind of this Alagon relic mm-hmm. um, uh, of that we can't get in, but we have to go into like we 
they cut out a lot, I think, to get into the Crystal Tower. You had to go through all these fates from different beast tribes or whatever. Skip, cut. We're not going to yeah, talk about that. Yeah, it's not a whole lot. Point, point but, being, but there's eight elemental in. locks we get in. Oh, and we also meet this red-haired dude who's mm-hmm. like, haha, I have some... Three people we meet. Yes. We meet him. We meet... We mm-hmm. meet um, I believe at this point we also meet Doga and Unai. Yes, we meet Doga and Unai who are brother and sister? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. They come off like it. They like, are... They, they... I don't remember if they... We find out pretty quickly that they... So, okay. Yeah, we find we're, out quickly. We're, I think we're not going to respect quest order here because like a whole no. lot of information gets dumped pretty quickly. Yeah. Point being, there's a giant ancient crystal tower that used to control cosmic phenomenal energy of terrible power. Mm-hmm. We meet some people, including this red-haired dude who is descended from that race and has one red eye, which marks him as special. Yes. And these two people, brother and sister, who have pure red eyes yes. and who we find out pretty quickly are magical clones of yeah. people from the old empire thousands of years ago who have been tasked to wander the earth in perpetuity in to order to prevent the awakening of, of the... Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. The um, So there is... The first thing we do is we go into the labyrinth of the ancients to actually get to, kind mm-hmm. of to the tower. It's kind of protected by a bunch of stuff. This is my first alliance. First um, alliance raid, 24 people. It's cool. I have no idea what's happening. We mm-hmm. just run from place to place and beat up a bunch of stuff, but beautiful visually. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, if you've played this game and done Alliance Raid Roulette, you've played that a million times. I don't have to explain it to you, but like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good, it's a, it's your first one. So it's pretty simple. Um, we get there, um, and we then have to ascend to Circus Tower, which is the tower itself, right? Mm-hmm. Call it Circus. Um, was there anything of note in the quests leading up to Circus Tower? Not really. Like, this is where we find out about the whole clone thing and they open the doors oh, okay. for us and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. oh, um. One person is like, I don't think any of us expected that to happen when they opened the doors. And I'm like, I expect that to happen. It was really <laughs> obvious. What if it didn't? It was like, well. Oh. Oh, Nero shows up looking like a CW protagonist. He's got Absolutely. this great coat with God, a beard. He's, cool. <laughs> he's amazing. So amazing. I'm um, really happy to see him again. I think he's such a delight, delightful mm-hmm. antagonist, anti anti-hero at this point maybe? yeah probably yeah he's kind like you're complicated he's he's turning into your recurring sort of like mm-hmm. villain who's not really a villain who's just gonna yeah he has I, his own agenda mm-hmm. uh he's kind of a wandering samurai we climb the circus tower and we, at the end of that raid another it's a really easy raid mm-hmm. nothing to write home about just a bunch of tanks make the amon fight is pretty fun mm-hmm. and that Big guy's coat dude. is really cool and stuff and the hat uh you have to hide behind the ice Mm-hmm. call thing yeah so, so it turns out that and like there's a yeah sorry go ahead. they gained power by making a deal with the powers of the void and so like now the powers of the void want to like you know maintain that deal and like yep. come back in and spread and like destroy the world and suck into nothingness um so the deal is that the members of the allegan royal family would not be harmed by the energies of the void so much so that uh, and the 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 trade-off is they would have a void gate permanently Mm -hmm. there at the top of the tower so that which gives them lots of energy Uh, but 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 then like the king at some point goes crazy and is like Mm -hmm. uh nothing means anything and if nothing means anything and i feel complete hollowness what if everything was just nothing wouldn't that be great and i'm like yeah okay dude (laughs) he kind of goes crazy men, men will literally like turn everything to nothingness rather than go to therapy it's true it's true it's a recurring theme but uh, okay the one thing i want to call out here yeah. is a little confusing i suspect that it's not um this void yes with its darkness uh-huh. that wants to destroy everything yeah is different from the dark power that the Asians worship yes okay there's just multiple dark ultimate nihilistic powers of nothingness yes 
Okay. Just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Um, so we go into it. We are warded with the uh, the royal blood. Yeah, because the point, twin, the twins get sucked in, the Nero gets sucked in. Uh, they get sucked in. We have to go save them, and we also just kind of have to beat off the cloud of darkness. Oops, mm-hmm. I said that weird. <laughs> <laughs> Which the cloud of darkness? To stave off the cloud of darkness. Sorry. <laughs> There's a number of fights in this raid that have some cool mechanics. There's Angra Manu, which is like the giant evil eye thing where you have to look up, like literally. I pre- it's cool that you have to like. Mm-hmm. physically position your character looking away from this thing in order to not get the death curse that then needs to be purged and stuff like that. Then the Cerberus fight, he shrinks you down and you like get sucked into his belly and you fight your way yeah, out. It's, yeah. it's fun little gimmicks. Uh, Cloud of Darkness fight is pretty easy at this point too, but mm-hmm. um, most importantly is sort of the cutscene afterwards. You rescue, basically you do, you, you, you stave her off and kind of like deal with the threat and now you have to get out right mm-hmm. you find nero his wound he was physically wounded and that means that the dark ether of the void was able to kind of seep into his body and turn him into a big purple crystal he looks fucked up he looks fucked up he um gets does he get purged by the twins there's a like the twins sacrifice themselves in yeah, some way they here, do right? yes the twins yeah. sacrifice themselves and he gets purged and yeah. like everyone makes it out except it looks like he's not going to but then sid reaches out and yanks him back out into the light Mm -hmm. and it's like oh you owe me nero and nero's like fuck you (laughs) no he's like like hell's idea or whatever his voice is everything about nero just nero more than anyone else is out of a tv show like all of this is just (laughs) i love it very entertaining Mm -hmm. um at the very end of this um graha decides hey, this is really fucking dangerous and scary. We should probably seal this back up. So I'm going to do that with my now, like, because his eyes are now, what is Both it? red. They're both red, probably mm-hmm. because of the twins or something. They activated, know. they activated like his full blood mm-hmm. lineage or whatever. So he has now dominion over the crystal tower and he's going to close it until such time that technology has advanced that people are going to be able to handle the horrors and wonders within. And Biggs and Wedge are like, don't worry, we're going to figure it out real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of nice of them to reassure him like that, but uh, I think he's thinking of a bigger scale than that guy. Yes, I, I think, think he's, he's prepared to be up there for a while. Yeah. Um, and that is going to do it for the kind of story recap of those two halves. I am not even going to rant about the power of magical bloodlines at this point. <laughs> What's the point? Yeah, it's just like what it it is. What it is. I wanted to draw attention to our question of the week i asked a question on twitter uh last week we talked about quality of life changes and stuff and uh, i wanted to know what your favorite quality of life improvements were in final fantasy 14 over the years um got a response here from at josh bet eight thank you very much for your response definitely the visual map when teleporting within cities i could never memorize what places were which so having a map on screen makes it so much easier to comprehend i'm sorry there didn't used to be a map used to be a list just a list? Just a list. That seems impossible. It was really hard. It took me a while to get used to things like that. Um, Especially in like Ulda? Yeah. Like- that's a nightmare. It was a nightmare. It sucked. Okay, that's a good quality that's of life. That's a really good quality of life thing. My favorite quality of life over the years has been the addition of the job gauges themselves. Um Classes like you know you've mentioned you you know uh, thaumaturge. You've tried thaumaturge, right? And, and the, they I've have never the- tried thaumaturge. Yes, yet. you have. That's the black. It's the fire and ice one. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Right. So yes, you've I've noted tried- that you have to like keep up your sort of mm-hmm. fire and ice things, right? 
though that that just used to be a singular like small little buff that you had to note um, and there's another one like that called Enochian that you have to keep up which is like a separate timer alongside your other timers and that was a separate little buff and then if you dropped that one there was a long cooldown on it and it was a pain in the butt and I was like Ugh. but like what the job gauges do is it all places it in this nice like visually interactive well not interactive but like reactive mm-hmm. job gauge and it also allowed for the accumulation of things like stacks or meter or whatever that were beyond just like having them be indicated by a number on a really small it just increased everything and the visibility of how combat worked by a whole lot um same with uh astrologian cards those used to just be like a tiny little buff that you'd have to like see which one you drew as opposed to being like a symbol on your screen it was a this sounds like a pain in the butt. Yeah, job gauges were my favorite quality of life. Mine probably, um, my favorite quality of life improvement is probably whatever changes, all the changes they made to the cast room so yeah, I didn't yeah, have to go I, through yeah, whatever Jerome good one too. mentioned last week. That was really good. Um, uh, also wanted to give a shout out to a user review on Apple Music from username, uh, I forgot my T, 23. They said, Wow, I really appreciated the extra length of the episode last week. It helped me fold my six loads of laundry that I had to do for just myself. It was all khakis. Wow, they must have a lot of pants. They have a lot of khakis. Thank you so much for listening to us while you fold your khakis. I forgot my T23. Uh, and that's going to do it for this episode of Storm Buds. Next week, we're going to talk about patches 2.4 through 2.55. Um... And we're also going to talk about the Bahamut raid. Mm-hmm. The Binding I'm, Coils of Bahamut. You've been talking this thing up. I'm very curious what this actually involves. It involves a raid on Bahamut and his Binding Coils. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> going to do turns 1 through 12 <laughs> of Bahamut's Binding Coils. I'm getting a bad feeling about this. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. Uh, but thank you all so much for listening. Please check us out on Twitter and TikTok at StormBuds. That's right. We have a TikTok now. Um, we'll be posting highlights. you you got a workflow figured out now. got a You're workflow figured out. Yes, absolutely. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at StormBuds Podcast, where we'll basically be reposting TikToks. <laughs> Maybe putting other random pictures there while Look, we build our social kind of vertical social empire. Whatever your social media of choice is, the content will be there. It will be there. Um, except for Facebook, actually. Yeah, fuck Facebook. I'm not. We're not doing that. But until next episode, Born from Buds, Storm of Buds, we've been the Storm Buds, baby. Yeah.